Welcome to Come Follow Me On The Go. My name is Kylie and this podcast is designed for families and children that are in the car and on the go. In each podcast episode, I will be sharing brief stories from the Come Follow Me lesson plans. I will also provide questions that families can pause the podcast and discuss and chat and grow closer together as a family unit and closer to Christ while they are in the car and on the go. Welcome to episode three. Our first story is going to begin in Acts chapter three. In this story, there are two different groups of Jewish people and they are complaining against each other. Um, They're frustrated because the widows keep getting forgotten when daily food has been handed out. So the 12 disciples gather together and decide they couldn't neglect their missionary work that they have been assigned from Heavenly Father in order to just hand out food to widows. Not that that is or was a bad thing. It needed done and serving those widows was very important, but they felt it was a higher priority for them to do the work of the gospel at that time. So they decided that they would ask the brothers and sisters that lived there to choose seven men to have the responsibility to look over the widows and make sure they were not forgotten. So one of these seven men's name was Stephen. And this Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost and had great power and was doing wonderful things and performing miracles and he was doing so much good that he actually started to gain negative attention from members of the synagogue. So these members of the synagogue, another name for them is freemen. So these freemen started to get really grumpy with him and they would try and argue with Stephen. And they were never able to one-up Stephen because he was full of the spirit and would speak so accurately and with so much reason and sense that The freemen never won any of these arguments. So instead, they decided to use an alternative tactic. They started to bribe other men to speak lies and tell stories that were false about Stephen. They claimed that Stephen was preaching against Moses and against Christ. They spread so many rumors that Stephen was eventually brought before the Jewish governing council and the men that had already been paid continued to testify lies against him. Now, in front of the council, what happened next was truly amazing. All of the councilmen turned and they were staring intently at Stephen after all these lies had been told about him but instead of actually seeing Stephen we learned that they saw the face of an angel and I just love that miracle it's so interesting and what a powerful witness it should have been we'll learn later that it wasn't enough to convince these councilmen of his of him being and doing the word teaching the word of God but what a cool miracle that they actually saw an angel's face instead of Stephen's face. So we're going to rewind a little bit and we're going to go back to um, verse 2 where we learned that the disciples had to prioritize what tasks for Heavenly Father they were going to do first and foremost before anything else. Now, if you don't know what prioritize means, it's just a fancy word for picking what is the most important thing for you to do first 
before anything else. So my question to you is these 12 disciples, they picked what they needed to do first and before anything else. And they delegated, they assigned out what needed to be done and was still important, but they couldn't do. So what do you think is your family's or your top priority that Heavenly Father would want you doing every day before anything else? Okay, so here we are in Jerusalem and Stephen is in front of this council being questioned. And they ask him if all these accusations and stories from the men that were bribed to lie are actually true. And then Stephen retells to this council Old Testament truths about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph of Egypt and Moses rescuing the Israelites. Stephen gives these awesome examples of how their ancestors rejected their prophets. And then Stephen continues and he tells these Jewish council members that they are just as stubborn and they are blindsided and they as their ancestors. He says that they are persecuting their current prophets and disciples of Christ and that they even already condemned and put to death their Savior, Jesus Christ. So as you can imagine, these councilmen or freemen were not very happy that he made these accusations towards them. And the council began to verbally attack Stephen. So they were calling him mean names and yelling at him. Um, and at this moment, we learned that Stephen looked up to heaven and he saw heaven open and he saw Jesus standing on the right side of Heavenly Father. So he had this amazing vision in the middle of all this persecution. And he told everybody this. He spoke about his vision to the angry mob and it says that they covered their ears and then ran at him and dragged him outside where they laid their coats. The angry mob took off their jackets and they laid him at the feet of a man named Saul and then they sadly stoned Stephen to death. But even in the midst of his suffering at that very those very last moments, he asked Heavenly Father to forgive them for this mistake that they were doing to him and to not hold it against them. And then it said he fell asleep. What do you think we can learn from Stephen probably having the worst day of his entire life being persecuted and knowing he was probably going to be put to death and still having a vision of seeing Christ and Heavenly Father? Okay, so we're now entering into Acts chapter 8. And in this chapter, we meet Philip, who is a disciple of Christ, and he travels to Samaria and is preaching the word of God and teaching everybody about Christ and his ministry. And with all that, he's also performing miracles and healing everybody and being able to get unclean spirits out of people. And everybody there in Samaria, it says, heard him and believed in his word. So in Samaria, there was also another man named Simon. And before all this, he had tricked everybody. He used sorcery and he bewitched people and everybody thought that he was the great one. And they gave him heed. They listened to him and did what he wanted. And, and he was the one preaching. But when he saw that 
everybody believed Philip. He also believed Philip, and he actually was baptized. And he started to travel with Philip, and he would see all these miracles and signs that Philip was performing. Now, when the apostles that were in Jerusalem heard that because of Philip's preaching that the Samarians believed in Christ and were converted, they sent Peter and John to go visit them and give them the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw the laying on of the hands, the apostles putting their hands on people's head and giving them the Holy Ghost, he actually offered them money. And he was kind of scolded and chided by the apostles like, dude, you don't, you don't pay to have the Holy Ghost. This is a gift that we have to be worthy to receive and want to have and work towards being in an environment to fill it every day. So they kind of got after him. So my little question for this section is, if we can't buy the gift of the Holy Ghost and we can't buy baptism or temple covenants and receiving those, what are the things that you can do to be able to have those opportunities in your life and to be able to fill and invite the Spirit each and every day? So this next story takes place in Acts 7 and Acts 9, and it has to do with Saul. So if we go back a few stories, we can remember that at Stephen's death, the witnesses or the men that participated in his execution put their coats at Saul's feet. So that can tell us that Saul approved. He didn't have anything against Stephen being put to death because he believed in Christ. Um, And then we learn further that he actually is wreaking havoc on the early church. He is busting into homes and the scriptures say he's hailing men and women. And hailing just means he's dragging them out by force and arresting them. It even describes him as breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples. And I just picture this like giant scaly dragon breathing hot fire towards all these followers of Christ. He's just destroying and ridiculing and doing very destructive work to those who are trying to live a Christ-centered life. So we learn that he actually goes to the high council and he asks them to write a letter to the Damascus synagogue asking for permission that if he finds anybody along his way to Damascus that he can arrest them, and bring them back to Jerusalem to be tried for being a Christian. Okay, so Saul is now on his way. He's heading to Damascus, and he's taken a group of men with him, and they are bound and determined to gather up as many followers of Christ as they can along their way, when all of a sudden, there's this bright light that flashes all around them, and Saul falls to the ground. And a loud voice speaks to Paul and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul then asks, like, who is this? Who's talking to me? Who are you? And the voice says, I am Jesus, the person you are persecuting. Saul is shaking from head to toe, and he's wondering what in the world is happening. I'm sure he's in shock. Saul then asks Jesus, what do you want me to do? And Jesus tells him, get up, go into Damascus, And it will be told to you what you need to do next. So 
all these men with Saul during all of this were speechless and frozen, but they were able to hear the voice as well. And when Saul stood up, he no longer could see. He was blind. So the men with him took him by the hand and they led him into Damascus. Obviously, we can gather from this story that Saul was not headed down the path that Christ wanted him to be on. And he had to take his vision away and literally have people hold his hand and walk him where he would be received and guided to know what he should do next. So my question for you is how is your family or are you individually allowing Christ to guide your life, to hold your hand and help you make the decisions and the choices that you need to be making? And if you don't feel like you are very well right now, what habits or goals are you going to change to allow him to guide your life better? So Saul is now in Damascus and he has not eaten or drank anything for three days. And there is a disciple whose name is Ananias. And we learned that he had a vision. And in this vision, Jesus told him to go to the street called Straight and ask around the houses for the one called Saul and pray on him. So in the vision, Ananias sees that he puts his hands on Saul and that he was able to heal him and bring back his sight. But Ananias says to the Lord, wait, wait, I know this man Saul and he has been doing terrible things to the saints at Jerusalem. And Heavenly Father tells him, yes, but he is chosen and I want him to be converted and do work for me. So go and find him. So Ananias does that. He let Heavenly Father lead him and guide him and he goes and he finds Saul and he blesses him and he's healed. And then we learn that Saul straightway gets up and gets baptized. Okay, I can only imagine that the disciple Ananias was actually maybe a little bit scared to go and find this Saul because he's heard all the terrible things that he's done to Ananias' fellow followers of Christ. So I want you to think about when Heavenly Father asks you to do something hard that maybe makes you feel scared or maybe you don't really want to do, it's hard. What do you do to be able to act in faith? Okay, so Saul is baptized and so excited. He starts preaching right away about Christ and that he is the son of God. He is the savior of the world. And everybody that hears him is amazed because they know who Saul was not too long ago. And they're seeing this 180 turn of a different person who now loves Christ and is preaching about Christ and is so converted to the gospel. Now, after many days of him preaching in Damascus, the Jews started to take notice of him and the council gathered together and they wanted to, to kill Saul. So the disciples in the area hearing this, they actually took Saul at night and they lowered him outside of the off the wall in a basket to get him outside of the city. So just imagine that they're sneaking through Damascus in the dark. They climb up the wall. They put him in a basket and they are, I don't know how many men it would take, but they're lowering him down the wall slowly to help him escape and save his life. And he journeys as fast as he can to Jerusalem 
to be with the other apostles and disciples that are there. But when he arrives, he's not really welcomed because they don't know he's been converted. They're like, whoa, 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 dude. Get out of town, dude. You've been here persecuting all of our followers for way too long. You're not welcome. But then there was a man named Barnabas. And he took him in. He took him to the apostles. And he was like, no, really. He's a good dude now. Hear him out. So Saul testifies of all the things that had happened, how Christ came to him on the road to Damascus, how he was blinded, how Ananias healed him, how he was then baptized and preaching, and then how the very same council of men that he once worked for now were wanting to kill him. One of the things that the story of Saul's conversion makes me think about is just that we are the company that we keep, whether that means actually the people we're hanging out with or the activities we're doing, the shows we're watching, the music we're listening to. But Saul had to gain a new testimony right in Christ. But through that, he had to abandon all of his previous associations. He once persecuted the apostles and the disciples of Christ and hung out with the Jewish councilmen. And now he's on the flip side, right? He had to leave his friends or he had to stop watching the TV show. So is there anything in your life that you feel like is not the best company for you to keep to be a disciple of Christ? That is a wrap for this week's Come Follow Me on the go. I hope you guys enjoyed the scripture stories from this week's Come Follow Me. I look forward to sharing more with you next week.